0: Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I have a busy work week. By the time Sunday
1: rolls around, I'm tired. So how about a church service that starts when I get here?
0: Can do. When you arrive, we begin. This guy, he played by his own rules. We want to find a church where if he starts screaming, we're
1: not the bad guys. Right? Yeah.
0: Say no more. If your friend is screaming at you, stay seated. The others around you can leave.
1: You know, financially, Sherry and I don't
0: give a lot to the church, but we sure like to know who does. All right, if you join now, you'll know what every person gives in detail. When I'm in the church service, can my car get a buff and a wax? Not just that, but an oil change and a tuna. <laughs> hey, how about tickets to the Super Bowl? That's asking too much. I'm serious.
1: If I'm going to join, I want tickets to the big game.
0: All right, you join now, and we'll get you there.
1: I like a pony.
0: Look at your backyard. Me, church, where it's all about you.
1: That's where I want to go. Man, get your car waxed while you're working. your hair church, and get a couple things done at once. This morning, this message that I've entitled, um, The True Church, Uh, A force to be reckoned with it's not that I'm against church it's against I'm I'm against what we have made it today Um, see God ordained the church it was his to be declared he he was the one in Matthew um, 16-18 he says this and I say unto thee thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it he was telling us, he was describing that, that this is the church that I'm going to institute. This, what I, that I bring about, is something that is more powerful than even the gates of hell that can prevail against it. See, the book of Acts describes a powerful, unstoppable, immovable thing that has to be reckoned with. It's not like all the churches that we see on TV. It's not like maybe even our own church or even doing our own thing, but it's it's about this this reckoning before God. That says this this church that we saw in the in the in the New Testament was a powerful force. Hebrews ten twenty four says, "Let us consider how we may spur one another, spur one another toward love and good deeds." This word spur here it means just exactly like you would think it. You know how when you stick the spurs in a horse. It actually it, it, it institutes a little bit of pain. It, it, it spurs us, it tries to raise us up to a level that we haven't been before. Spur one another to love and good deeds, not giving up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What's that fellowship look like? And this completely flies in the face
0: of those who say, I've got my relationship with God, I don't need the church I don't need, you know, these little gatherings or, you know, I love Jesus. I just hate the church. We can't say that. But you're going against everything Jesus asked you to do. God says, I designed you to be together. It's so beautiful when you work together have one heart, one mind, one soul. And he says, and I'm going to do this A beautiful thing. Jesus said 2,000 years ago, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't stand against it. I will create this type of supernatural unity and gathering. And, and so it's not something that we have to force like, okay, let's, let's do the fellowship thing. Let's make it happen. No, God says, I'm going to make it happen. And the question is, is, do you want to be a part of it? Do you want to have this sharing, this fellowship that God intended for his church? Or do you want to continue living in isolation?
1: See, someone asked me today, Greg, why are you so hard on the churches? Well, it's because if you look in the Old Testament, you look at Jeremiah, you look at Ezekiel. Let's see what they would say to the shepherds. He says, woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Ezekiel 30. Excuse me. There we go. Ezekiel 30. 34.2, 34.2, it says, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not the shepherds take care of the flock? Here's what I'm going to tell you today. I believe that in America especially, we have pastors that all they do is their, their focal point is them. Okay? That what happens is we, we, we've gotten to this place. Why do you think this, 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 the name it and claim it gospel got so popular? Why do you think the prosperity gospel is so popular? It's because it, fo- it has a focal point that is outside the realm of what God intended it to be. What I'm telling you today is I believe without a shadow of a doubt. These words, Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pastor declares the Lord. I believe that God is saying today to the the men and women across this country. Pastors. He's saying, listen, I'm calling you to wake up. I'm calling you. You know what? I'm calling you out from where you've been. I'm saying, you know what? It's time. It's time that you change your focal point. See, I go to church. And I don't see what the Bible says, though, going on in the church. See, if you look at the back book of Acts. I don't see that happening in our churches today. And it seems as though everyone's fine with it. See, it would be as if you were going to your son's football game, and you got there, and you're sitting in the seats, and all of a sudden they begin to play tennis. And everybody goes, look at how great this is. Isn't Isn't it a great football game? And you're going, this isn't football. Do you guys know what's going on here? And everybody just seems fine with it. We don't line up with Scripture, but that's okay. Let's just do what we're going to do. It doesn't really matter because this is what we call church. Now, I'm not saying for us specifically, but it may be for us specifically. God say, listen, the church that I'm going to build is going to look different. The church that I'm going to build is going to look much different than we've seen it in the past. Not me, church, any longer. See, we put all, all of our effort into this thing that doesn't look like anything that God has called it to be. What was Jesus' message? Was he bringing the popular message? Was he worried about the latest fad? Was he worried about pleasing people? I want people to like me. Yes. But let's look at Jesus' message. So here in Luke 8, 4 through 8. While a large cow crowd, was, crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town to town, he told this parable. Now I want you to get this right now. See, if we had all this gathering, we'd be going, yes. Church church people, come on in. Gather us up together. This is what we've been looking for. Jesus has got it. But instead, what's Jesus? He says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled upon. And the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Jesus is telling them exactly. He's giving them their lives right now. He says, other seed fell among thorns which grew up and it choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has an ear, let him hear. He goes on to say this, and he says, His disciples asked him, What do you mean here, Jesus? What are you talking about? He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing... They may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. So, wait a second, Jesus. Wasn't this whole thing that you were trying to do here, trying to get us to to get into position, just like we do in church today, let's do everything we can to get them in? No, Jesus says, no. This, This is really just for you guys. You guys right here, my 12, this is who it is. These other ones, though seeing may not see, though hearing they may not understand. What he was saying is, he's saying, listen, It's not going to be for everybody. Everybody's not going to get it. But some of you will. Some of you will. Large cows are gathered. We'd build church on that today. We'd say, what a great thing. And Jesus says, no, listen, let me push him back a little bit. Not everybody who's here is here for the right reason. Not everybody's here isn't come for the right purpose. See, I see Luke says this, and he goes on to say the meaning of this parable. He says, the seed is the word of God. Those 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 whose path are those those are on the path of the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those of a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. By persevering, produce a crop. See, here's the problem with church today. We put all of our focal point on all these other ones up on the top here that will never, ever come to where they need to be. Their life, the cares of life. You know what? We preach all of our sermons today for the lukewarm. We cater our services for the lukewarm. You know why? Because that's what most of us are today in the church. The church, the Bible, we we say today that that over 78% of this country is saved. But you know what? We don't don't act like it. Our lives don't show it. Our country doesn't show it. Look at the way we are right now. Is that a country that's that's 80% founded on God? Mm. See, by persevering we stay. We stay till the end. His plan was fellowship.
0: His plan, he says in John 17, when Jesus prayed, he says to God, he goes, I and them, you and me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me. There's something about our unity that makes the message believable. And that's why we can't do it by ourselves. Look, if I'm perfectly honest, I am far more comfortable doing this by myself. It's a lot easier. I don't have to put up with different personalities and and, 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 and different arguments. It's, It's just nicer. Let me just have my own relationship with God. But God says, that's not what I designed you for. Here's the mission. I need you to show Jesus to the world by the way that you interact with one another and love one another. So if I'm to accomplish this mission that God's given me, I need others with me. i got to have them with me. And if you think about it, this is how he designed human beings. We weren't meant to live in
1: isolation. I look at this church in the book of Acts. Thousands were coming to the Lord. However, there was persecution. They kept going. They put their leaders in jail and they were flogged. It kept going. The patriarchs of their faith, Stephen is stoned and he dies. The church keeps going. People begin to to die. People drop dead because they lie to the Holy Spirit. The church keeps going. Saul tries to destroy it. It keeps going. James is beheaded. It keeps going. It keeps they keep praising. The gates of hell will not stop this thing. It's an unstoppable force. See, if our pastor, like their, in their case, was beheaded, what would we do? We'd probably all fall apart. In their day, it made them grow stronger. See, we have, to, we have to get to the place where we're not, I'm, I'm not saying that, that, that we stay in a church if it's, if it's doctrinally wrong or if it's going in the wrong direction. But what I'm saying is, is that, that this church that God's created, he's created a, for, for a purpose for us to be able to take this country, to be able to take this city. If we can start even there. He said, listen, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know what? What have we done with that mandate that he has given us? Do we just sit back and enjoy what we're doing? Are we just comfortable in our seats? Or do we, are, we t- are we being propelled into a place where we preach that every place we go? I was listening to... Adam telling me last week, he says, when he's out there driving a truck, he shares, he shares the word of God. He spreads it everywhere he can go. See, that's what's supposed to be going, going on in life. If we are filled with the Holy Spirit, if the power of God is working within us, it can't help but explode out of us. See, but we look at our churches today. Are they really a force that can be reckon, reckoned with? People will leave church over the color of the carpet. People will leave church because they took down a plaque that's had something about my name on it. People will, will will leave a church because, well, I paid for that pew and I got my name on the side of it. Don't you know that's where I sit every week? Or if they, or even worse than that, we come in and somebody's actually sitting in our pew. That really upsets us. I'm not going back to that place. Or did you see what he did? You know what? He, I came right in there. He didn't even shake hands with me. He didn't even acknowledge me. Oh, you know what? I'm not going back ever again. See, is this, is this the dynamic that you see in the book of Acts? No. See, I... Our churches have become social clubs. Don't get me wrong, fellowship is great. We, we got that part down, okay? Let me just get this straight. We have that part down. We know how to fellowship. We know how to get together. We know how to chum around. But, but how are we doing on the other side? The part where Jesus said, listen, here's what I want my church to be doing. This is what it's supposed to look like. It's more than a, 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 an Elks Club. If you want an Elks Club or a Moose Lodge or a Lions Club, they're all over the places. What we are is a dynamic that as we spread it out, God's power is manifested in the midst of the church going forward. The Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do the gates, do the gates of hell prevail against what we do today? I don't know. See, does my, my life line up with the book of Acts? Does my church line up with the New Testament church? Look at these guys. They went into a room and waited. The Holy Spirit fell and they were empowered. Men that were afraid became powerful men of God that could speak the truth. See, we we get afraid of sin. We get afraid of, uh, I mean, excuse me. We're not afraid of sin, but we're afraid of of, of even worship. Sometimes, you know what, there'll be things, like we'll talk about tongues last week. That, that, That bothers me, Greg. Well, you know what? It shouldn't bother you. It shouldn't bother you. It's in the Word of God. It should be something that brings us to life. See, we'll, we'll complain about these things. I don't like his preaching. He's too loud. He's too soft. He's too monotone. He jumps up and down too much. He runs to the back. I don't like that. They're, they're, you know what, see? These people in the book of Acts, they sold everything they had and gave it to the poor because you know what? They wanted to be so in. But does that look like our church today? See, what does our church look like? How does it measure up when we, when we, when we line it up against the book of Acts? Did you notice, this is a force that Jesus said that the gates of hell would not prevail against. We have Super Bowl parties at church now. I don't know, maybe not here. Hopefully you guys didn't have one here. But you know what's amazing to me? Is we'll have a Super Bowl party. And we'll, rah! The Raiders or whoever we love, okay? But far be it from us to, to stand up and shout about the Lord in a service. But we'll definitely we can rah 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 about all these other things. But but the, the, my point is, is that we have turned it into something totally different than what the Book of Acts looks like. God is building an army. He's building a SEAL Team Six that took out Bin Laden. We are at war. I want you to know that today. We are fighting. God is raising up men and women who will be that force, united in their efforts, disregarding offense they are unoffendable they are lovers of god not lovers of themselves they are armor bearers not afraid to be na- not afraid not to be named and unnoticed See, we're building an army, raising up warriors, unoffendable, undeniable, unshakable, immovable, a force that has to be reckoned with. If you want a fun club, this isn't going to be it. If you're looking for a relaxation to ride the tube down the stream, this is not it. I want you to know that you are not going to glide into heaven. We have a mandate that must be carried out. God said go into all this world and preach the gospel. If you think for one day just you're going to be able to stand before God and you're going to say, well Lord, he's I This listen, this is the greatest. There's two things I told you to do. I said I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbors, yourself. And the other mandate I said was go into all the world. What did you do? To those two things. We are going to stand accountable for them as a united group, as an individual. We are going to stand. We're going to have to stand before those things. Amen. Excuse me. Here,
0: right here. Oh, here. Yeah.
1: There's more right here. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus left us in charge until he comes back. We cannot be a casual church. The Lord showed me this in in my prayer time just a couple weeks back. He said the casual church of Springville is over. Mm -hmm. And I mean that as a whole. I don't mean Pleasant Valley. I mean as a whole. I mean every church in this city. We have been praying for every church in this city for the past three years. Because, you know what, God's saying, listen, the casual days are over. The casual experience with the Lord is over. It's time that we get radical. The days are becoming short. You know what, you can see it around. You can see what's happening. If you can't be, you know, we have to be, well, that first scripture talked about. It says, ever seen but not, never, never being able to really truly see. Ever hearing but not being able to hear. That can't be us. That cannot be us. We have to be that force that the Bible says, this is the church. I will build my church. And you know what? You guys, doesn't matter what happens around us. Don't worry about what people say. Don't worry about what people do. You stay in your grace and say, so listen, we are united in our effort. God's going to use us to be that force. What will it cost? It's going to cost you everything. Absolutely. Suppose one of you wants to build, uh, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able, with 10,000 men, to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other one is still a long way off and will ask for the terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. He's saying this today to us. It's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you everything you have. If you want to truly know him. I looked at this word at the very end here. I thought, well, Lord, please. Maybe, maybe this, you know, because there's people today that, you know, this word give up. I thought in the Greek, I thought, well, maybe it means something else. Maybe it doesn't mean exactly. Maybe, maybe what I'm thinking. It says this, to withdraw, to take leave, to renounce, to send away, say goodbye, take leave, get rid of. Pretty much sounds like he wants us to get rid of everything. That he we've got to be all in for him. Less of me and more of him. First Kings chapter 19. Here we got this picture of Elijah, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah says, Come and follow me. And Elijah says, Elijah, Elijah the, the one who got the double portion, says, I'm with you. I'm with you. He put everything aside. He burned his plow. He put the oxen up on the, on the altar. He, he did a sacrifice and he says, I'm with you. And he became his servant. That's what it says at the end of that scripture. That's how we have to be in that position where, God, whatever it takes, this thing, it can't stop me. I am I, a, a part of the bigger picture. I'm a part of the bigger church of Springville. God, you're calling us today. What does this look like?
0: I mean even when you gather together in your families, is it is it predictable? I mean are, or aren't family reunions those those things where you never know what's gonna happen. I mean I'm guessing it's not, oh I know what's gonna happen. Uncle Bob gets up, he gives a 30 minute speech, and Aunt Sally's gonna sing this song, and then cousin Joe's gonna pray in prayer, and then we dismiss and we end family. No no, you just gather together and there's this dynamic and there's this uh, we don't know what's gonna happen next. He, There was a sense in which the church was supposed to be like that. It was supposed to be just a bunch of people coming together, but but there was going to be a supernatural element to it where God himself would create a unity amidst them. They would be so tight, they would be so bonded together that the world would look and go, wow, how do they all join together like that? Because typically a bunch of people can't get in a room and get along there would be this harmony. Why? Because they were all following the same Spirit. See, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to create within our gathering. It's supernatural. It's something that was just happening. It was almost happening to them as they followed Him. It's, it's, it's like, you know, when, when you surf, you don't make a wave. You don't get everyone together. Hey, let's start. You don't know when the wave's coming. It just it just happens. It moves. And, and, and once you're on it, it's got a power of its own. You, you don't manipulate it. You just you just go along for the ride. And you multiply that a thousand times. And that's what you see in the book of Acts. It's like this wave of God's power. And everyone's just jumping on. we're just going What is going on here? This is so powerful. This is so amazing. And it's what the Holy Spirit is doing. See,
1: this is what it looks like. This is what this position before God, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us, to be in that position where the dynamic of the Holy Spirit is the one in charge. Not the pastor. Not the board but where the Holy Spirit is the one leading us. Taking us to a place where we've never been before. That's the dynamic of the book of Acts. Yeah, they had to do things. There's times that you'll see in the Word of God where they they got together and they had to make a decision. And then they said said in the book of Acts, it it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit, so we did this. See, that's the dynamic I'm talking about. A church where the Holy Spirit is so powerfully moving in their midst, Where the where the dynamic is around it's almost it's almost like you're just wow well Lord I can't what what are you going to do next how would you like to come in every Sunday and go man I don't know I don't even know what to expect this morning I don't know what's going to happen man wouldn't that be dynamic wouldn't I'll tell you what that will bring people in. That, that dynamic right there will bring people. Because you know what? If, it's like he was saying about family. If everything looks exactly like we think it should, it's going go to be in this order. We're always going to do it this way. Then you know what? Then that's what we're going to get used to. But if we walk in the door and we go, Holy Spirit, mm, I don't know what you got for me this morning, but I can't wait. I can't wait to see. I can't see. I can't wait to see what you're going to do this morning in our service. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in my life. I can't wait to. You know what, Lord? All of a sudden, this little girl gets up and she begins to walk because the power of the Holy Spirit is upon her. The Bible says that over and over again. Do we believe it? See, we sing these songs like like Glenn was saying this morning about shouting and doing all these things about the. the both weeks, this week and last week, the song that we sang was, was exactly on that line. It's talked about shouting and how, how exuberant that worship was. But, but how, much, how, much, how many times is our worship even look like that? Does our worship look like that? These are the things. Now, I'm not, don't get me wrong. Our worship at times is going to be on our knees. It's going to be bowed low. It's going to be quiet. It's going to be supple. But on other times and other occasions, it should be exactly what the Word of God talks about. How does it look for us? This question today is for all of us. Will we allow things to offend us? Will we allow the church that God wants to build and wants to move us into that direction? Will we allow that to offend us? Or will we, will we say, "No, Lord, i got to be on this. i got to get in this. i got to get in the move of I, this book of Acts. I don't want this to be. Just, see, I'm, here's my problem. It says everything that's in this book, I believe it's real and it's alive for us today. And if it's not, see the songs that we sing today, we talk about that, how we're supposed to do it. But do we live this? Is this what our lives look like? Is this what our church looks like? Is this what the dynamic of our lives look like? It must for me. I'm going to tell you that right now. It has to. It can be nothing else. Because if it's anything else, all it is is worldly. See, here's the thing about this little church right here, what I love about this place, is that we're off the beaten path. There's not even a sign out on 190 to let you know you're here. We're all, we're, it's almost as if you, it's like this secret little hidden compartment over here. But the dynamic of that, the experiment of this is, is that if the Holy Spirit shows up, that you will not be able to keep people out. Mm-hmm. People will come from all sides and all directions. Mm-hmm. But the, the question today is, is that what we want? Or do we want to come in here... And feel comfortable? Do we want to feel, this is what I've been doing for years. I like it. Or do we say, you know what, no. Lord, I want to jump on board the wave. See, we don't make the wave. We try to. We try to make waves. But the wave is a dynamic that we cannot control. When we get on it and we ride on the cusp of that wave. I was telling a a man this week, I said, I feel like constantly in ministry, the Lord has me right on this cusp of the wave, and yes if I'm not careful, I can go over, that's why I've got to keep myself constantly in balance I keep myself in checks, with in balance with other people, with people being able to speak into my life, but it's, but riding that wave is a place where, you know it's a dynamic, that you know, if we're right there, man, that the power that, that's behind us, and the move of God that's coming, is, is so powerful, we cannot imagine but the question for all of us today is which one is it going to be? Let me tell you this right now. If it's it's, we're comfortable here, this is where we want to be, this is what we're going to stay, this is what we are, then I say to you, you know what, I bless you, and I continue to pray, and I say, continue with that. If the dynamic is, no, you know what, we've rode that wave long enough. We've we've tried to stir it up, and nothing's happening. I'm ready to get on board that other wave. Not man-made. But the one that the Holy Spirit, as he blows on that wind, think about that. As he blows on that wind, there becomes, the water begins to build up. That's the dynamic for us today. I'm not going to tell you that that, that one is better than the other. I'm just going to tell you that that this is where I'm going to be. I have to abide. I see this book of Acts and, and constantly I say, Lord, do I look like what they're doing there? Yeah, in a, in, a new, in a new generation, yeah. But it still should look like that. It shouldn't change. The church must be a force that has to be reckoned with by the enemy. And I'm going to tell you right now, it won't be easy. When, when the wave begins, every, everything that, that you have thought is going to come against it. There are going to be people rising up in all sorts of areas. Even within your own body, they're going to say, Oh, oh I can't handle it. I don't want that. I can tell you right now, in Redding, California, Bethel, Bethel Church up there, revival started in that place. A thousand people left immediately when revival broke out. You know why? I didn't like the way, I didn't like the, the, the way these people looked who were coming in the pews. See, we had have, we have this happy little family. You're going to change that? Yeah. But you know what? the breath of the Holy Spirit breathing on it. The power of the Holy Spirit moving it, propelling it is the dynamic that we're looking for. See, as I talk to the men, the leadership of this church, I've given CPR to a lot of people in my day. CPR involves something that we don't really want to talk about, but when you begin to do compressions, ribs break. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. When you... When, you begin to be, when somebody begins to breathe for you because you, haven't, you can't breathe yourself, it's not, it's not a very comfortable situation. What I want you to know is in the spirit realm, spiritual CPR, bringing us back up, is not going to be an easy thing. It's going to be painful. Some ribs are going to break. What I want you to know is this. Regardless of where we go, I'm going to ask this of you guys, whoever stands in this pulpit next Sunday or next month, that we as a church come together and say, listen, we want to be part of the bigger move of God that's going on in Springville to start with. See, I'm I'm just going to give us an avenue where we can begin to look like the book of Acts. We start right here in Springville. Our pastors get together. They never got together for years. Now they're getting together monthly and praying. Mm-hmm. We bring them together. What I'm telling you is I want us to be, see us as a, as, a, as a body on board with where God's going and what God wants to do. The casual church of Springville, I'm telling you guys, is done. If you think we're going to be able to just be casual, ride along, it's coming to an end. With me or without me. Mm-hmm. What I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm saying to you today is, I'm willing to go there with you, but I know that there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some growing pains. But you choose. You choose where you want to go. You choose your direction, okay? I'm with you, heart and soul, regardless. Whether it's me or whether it's, it's another guy that begins to sit. Cause be, I'll tell you what, I want this guy to be, in, on, whoever it is, on board with what God's doing in our city. See, on, on, on Friday nights, when we give away ice cream down there, it seems like a very simple thing to do at the, at the uh, park. The reason why we do it is because I want people to see a unified. See, that's what, that's what Francis Chan was talking about there. He says, when they see us unified, when they see us breaking down the walls, all the barriers of denominations, and getting into a position, that unity of the Spirit is beginning to move. That's when people go... Now that I could be a part of.